Hello and welcome to episode 424 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I'm trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my vegetable garden and my allotment. Now coming up today, I am looking at leaves and what I can be doing with them. But that's coming up a little bit later on. But first, let's find out what I've been up to over this last week. It is Friday the 19th of November 2021. I'm in my podding shed. Now, last night I actually came out here and I sowed some Celtis. And Celtis is an interesting one. It's called stem lettuce. It should be a quite reliable crop to grow and it produces a cross between celery and lettuce. I've grew it last year, but it wasn't very successful. So hopefully this year it's going to do better. But that was last night. Tonight I'm actually sowing more microgreens. I am a big believer in microgreens. I love growing microgreens. They're easy, they're simple and they're tasty and they just do well for me. So I'm continuing on with sowing more of those. Now microgreens, for those that don't know, I mean I've spoken about them enough so I'm sure you do know by now. But they are basically immature plants just at seedling stage. And things like cabbages, Brussels sprouts, um, like things like that can be used now i've actually just sown a tray of something very simple cress i like cress goes great in many sandwiches easy to grow and just helps keep that nutritious healthy food coming in from my garden for my allotment well these can actually grow on a windowsill they're that good so yeah that's what i've been up to today it is Saturday the 20th of November 2021 and I'm on the allotment and I've just finished spending a couple of hours down here. Accomplished quite a bit I feel. So first of all I just had a wander around and what I was specifically looking for was anything that might need protecting. I believe the weather is going to turn very cold from tonight so I wanted to make sure I had nothing down here that needed protecting. Luckily I didn't and uh, everything does seem to be safe. After that I went into the greenhouse and had a bit of a, a tidy up in there and harvested a few more tomatoes. Still got tomatoes being harvested, that's amazing at this time of year I think. Although chilies, I'm used to harvesting chilies right up until December, so still got a few more chilies coming in. But after the greenhouse was tidied, and that it gave me a space on the floor just to pop the hazel sticks that I've prepared from a few weeks ago. Just in there, just to season so that when I use them next year, they are not going to rot, I guess. I, I don't really know much about how this is going to work. My idea is I just need to get them somewhere dry so that they can season. Then I turned my attention to the other clippings that I made a few weeks ago. This was cherry and apple. I had basically put these in a, a neat, tidy pile outside. But I had a bit of a brainwave with what I could do with some of the wood from this. And I thought what I could do is, again, I'll have to season it. But in the future, I can start turning some of this cherry wood and this apple wood into things like dibbers. I've got a bit of an interest in woodworking, I think it's safe to say. Although my dad has a much keener interest, so it's probably going to be something that he might like to do. But I just figured, you know, I think I've said time and time again, I hate waste. And it seems a shame 
that all this apple wood, all this cherry wood would go to waste. The other thing I could do with it, of course, is to chip it and use it in the barbecue for smoking foods as well. That's something I might do as well, but this is all... A pie in the sky at the moment, all my thoughts. But I just had to prepare those and start to basically reduce the pile down. So I've cut cut away anything smaller than, say, a pencil and anything too bendy. And what I want to keep, I've popped to one side to dry out. Everything else has gone onto the floor. And at some point, I bring the lawnmower down and just chop up everything else. And... That has tidied things up. It's it's just tidied things up to make it look a lot better. After that, I had turned my attention to where the sweet corn was, the, that bed, which is going to be the broad bean bed. And I've just thrown down loads of cardboard just to cover that over. This, as you know, is something I'm doing more and more of, in laying thick layers of cardboard, and then I will cover that over next week with plenty of compost. I've worked out that each bed needs about 300 litres of compost each year to top it up. So, uh, unfortunately, I haven't got 300 litres of compost ready, so what I've been doing is buying compost in and adding that to the bed. So, now it's covered over in cardboard, Next week, I will just bring along the compost and pl- place that all over. And then I can get the poor beans in here, actually. That'll be a good thing to do. So, yes, uh, quite a busy, productive morning in just a couple of hours. Something I did notice as well, the garlic, that is all germinated and is actually looking really big in terms of foliage. So the... Uh, which one is it? I think this is the very early purple white. No, the flavour. You know, those uh, branches, or those, the foliage on that, is about 6 inches to 10 inches tall, depending on which one you're looking at. That's pretty damn good, I think, for this time of year. And it's the same as the others. They're not quite as big as the flavour. But they are big. They are germinated. They are looking really good. So I'm pleased with that. The elephant garlic hasn't shown anything yet. But that's normal for elephant garlic. That's a bit later in the season. And then the onions. The onions are also looking really good. Again, they're not quite as big as the garlic. But they are certainly putting on growth. And looking like we're going to get some good onions this year. Some overwintered onions, that is. So I'm happy. I'm very happy with how the allotment is looking at this precise moment in time. It is Sunday the 21st of November 2021 today and I've had a day at home in the garden. Now, woke up this morning and unfortunately we had lost one of my male quails. It passed away overnight. It is about the age that they start passing on, so it wasn't a surprise. But I don't know if I've mentioned this before. My wife and I have decided that we are not keeping the quails once these ones have passed on. We're not uh, breeding anymore. We've just sort of finished with them. As an experiment, quails have been fantastic. They've proved to me that you can keep these birds in a small area and produce eggs Um, and they're very easy to look after you could even produce meat if you want to and also if you're unable to keep chickens they're probably better and if you want to learn how to hatch 
birds. They've also been good for that, particularly if you want to learn how to hatch like quails, chickens, etc., etc. They've been good for that. But unfortunately, we've just felt we're not eating as many of the eggs, and we get lots of them, lots of quails' eggs. We prefer the chickens' eggs. The chickens do more for us. And we just feel now it is time for them to pass on. And um, we're not going to obviously get rid of them through unnatural means. We're just going to let them go naturally. And now the great advantage with the one male going. Basically I've got two, um, two different pens set up for the quails. And one male in each with the females. Well this now means that I can pot them all into the same crate into the same cage I hate that term but uh, j just because then they are all together and uh, frees up a bit more space as well and means that none of them are going to go lonely or anything so yeah we've got them all into the same cage now makes it a bit easier to look after them now and um, hopefully we'll see how long the rest last for it is a bit sad of course but I also feel you know what We've we've done well with the quails, and that's something I'm always going to reflect upon in the future. Now, after that, I've been out with the strimmer around the beds. Now, I've removed the fence around the beds because the chickens are in lockdown. I can actually strim around the base. The grass had got incredibly long around there because I just couldn't strim there properly. Now this means that for next year I've got to come up with a solution that is neater, tidier and works just as well at keeping the chickens at bay. It's something I've got to put a lot of thought into. I don't know if anybody out there has had their own methods of keeping chickens off the vegetable beds but I would be fantastic or it would be great but I would be pleased if you could email me any suggestions or any thoughts that you've had at keeping chickens off your vegetable beds. So that's what I've been up to today. It is Monday the 22nd of November 2021. I'm back in my podding shed today. I am just quickly going to water all my little seedlings and things that I've got growing in here. Now, first of all, what I want to say is that last night I actually sowed some peas these are part of something that I grow every winter. These are to go into a greenhouse eventually. But certain peas can actually be sown overnight over winter as well. So it's something I do every winter and it's very, very successful for me. Now what I've also noticed tonight is that the Celtis has just started to germinate. I said earlier on in this podcast, on Friday it was, that I sowed these on Thursday night. So they've started to germinate pretty quickly actually. It's quite interesting to see how these are going to get on. Right, so that is this week's diary section up to date. Please do let me know what you've been in, up to in your own allotments and your own gardens. We'll be back in just a moment, but first let's have a commercial break. A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month, I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind-the-scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. 
This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to the vegroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and t-shirts. Or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others. It all goes a long way to help supporting the VegGround podcast. Well, this last week in the diary section, I've certainly noticed that things have suddenly gone very autumnal. I'm finishing work and it's dark, which means I can't get to the allotment. Certainly can't get to do much in the garden because it's too dark. However, I do have a shed that has a little heater in it and light. So I'm spending a few of my evenings out there just sowing seeds, potting on plants, just making the most of having a shed somewhere that I can still do a little bit of gardening and still be somewhere nice and warm. But one other thing that I've really noticed over this last week is that in my area, the trees have suddenly lost all their leaves. They've almost fallen overnight and the ground is just being carpeted in a large layer of these beautiful brown leaves, which... I want to be collecting as much as I can possibly lay my hands on. And that's because I've got several things that I want to use leaves for. Now, in order to try and get the most amount of leaves that I possibly can, I've figured out there's three areas I can go and collect these leaves from. The first one being just my own garden. Unfortunately, we don't have a huge amount of leaves fall down in my garden. We used to have a sycamore tree that I did cut down, but when we first moved in, the sycamore tree was there and it did actually produce quite a few leaves. We had to get rid of it, unfortunately, because it wasn't fair on our neighbours and they, they weren't happy with it. And to be honest, it was a very tall sycamore tree. We've also got rid of the willow tree this year because it just was getting too big. It was in the wrong place. But to be honest, that didn't really provide us with much in the way of leaves. So although we don't have a, a huge amount in our garden, what we do have will be potted to use. However, the main place that I will be getting a lot of my leaves from is actually my mum's garden. Now, my mum lives alongside a recreation field. and It's the house I grew up in. And every year, her garden would just get absolutely full of leaves there will be buckets and buckets of the stuff there i'm just gonna ask my mum just to when she cleans it all up pull it into a bin for me and i will come and collect it and then when i go there i will probably also collect more as well this for me is where i'm going to probably procure most of my leaves because it is the easiest simplest way for me to get leaves added to that i could also ask other friends or other family members if they have any leaves to collect it for me and I will pull it to use. I think that probably seems a bit crazy for many people, but I want so much of it that I think I'm going to need to do this. Now, the final place that I can also see myself getting other leaves from is a local park. 
technically we are meant to ask permission from the council to go and get leaves leaves although i can't see they would have a problem with it because they've got to employ people to sweep up the leaves anyway and dispose of it in fact i actually know of some people who have asked the council when they have swept up the leaves they just to grab the bags that they've left by the side of the road and there's never been a problem with it because well, they've got to dispose of it anyway. In fact, I also know some allotment sites that have leaves delivered to them as well because they are such a good use in the garden. So what will I be using all these leaves in the veg garden and in the allotment? The first thing I'm going to do is just simply add them to the compost bins along with all my other green and brown waste or my compostable material. This isn't a very imaginative way to use leaves, but... I want to produce as much compost as I possibly can. So therefore, the more leaves I get, the more compost I can build. To speed things up, I will also chop them up with my lawnmower. In fact, what I will probably do is just use the leaves that have landed in my garden every time I mow the lawn, which I will still keep doing right up to about Christmas. All those leaves will get added into the grass clippings bag and thrown into the compost heap. Nice and simple, not very imaginative, I know. The next way I'm going to be using leaves is also not very imaginative. I've talked about it hundreds of times in the past. It's leaf mould. Now, I've produced leaf mould many times in the past. The trouble is that because the leaves rot down so much, you can start off with a huge amount of leaves and then end up with very little leaf mould at the end. And it can also take two years to fully rot down. What I will be doing, down on the allotment, I've got two large wire compost bins. They are empty at the moment, and I will take all these leaves, I will chop them up in the lawnmower, because that, again, just speeds things up. Then I will add all those chopped up leaves into these compost bins and leave them to rot down. Now, because we're chopping them up, we can actually produce this leaf mould in as little as a year. Possibly still leave it for two years, but I kind of want to get it down to a year. Added to the two bins, I will also keep some more in just some old dustbin liners that I've poked a few times with a fork to make a few holes so it doesn't, doesn't hold on to too much water and water can drain out. Then as the bins rot down and they start to shrink the volume of leaf mould, I can just empty these bin liners into the the bins again and just start making a bit more space. It's just a way of trying to trying to make the most of the space and trying to make the most of this leaf mould. Now leaf mould is a fantastic thing. It's like this beautiful black friable compost material. It's if you've ever been into a wood and you've rummaged around the bottom of a tree and you found this beautiful black topsoil, that is leaf mould. It's a very low in nutrients but it's so friable that it's actually a really good covering for seedlings. If you happen to sow something like carrot, you make a drill, sow your carrot seeds and then cover it over with leaf mould. And because it's so light and so friable, there's a good chance that the carrot seedlings will germinate through. It's also possible to add this leaf mould to a potter mix in order to improve your potter mixes as well. Just a few things that we can do with leaf mould. It is a fantastic thing to do. Takes a bit of space, but if you can do it, then please do. The third thing that I'm going to be using these leaves for is as a mulch. 
Now, we don't necessarily have to shred these leaves, but I will probably also shred some of the leaves again to use as a mulch. And this will be just be placed around some bare soil and protect the bare soil from losing its nutrients by the rain washing it out. It also helps smother weeds. I've spoken a lot about mulches lately. I use compost, I would use leaves, I would use anything I can lay my hands on as a mulch these days. But it also adds this insulating layer to protect any plants that might be in the ground. And rhubarb is a good example, but the best example that I want to use is my asparagus. Because the asparagus crowns are quite delicate. So what I would do in this case clear any weeds away from the asparagus and cut down the asparagus once it's all gone yellow and, and died back. I would then cover over with a bit of compost and then add some seaweed mulch as well because I'm quite close to the coast to get some seaweed. But then on top of that, I would also cover it over with some leaves. That way, I'm going to add this extra layer of mulch that just helps protect any weeds come back through another area i'm going to be using the leaves as a mulch is of course my garlic i've read about this lately and i know it does help produce better garlic bulbs because it holds onto that moisture a bit better again this is just one way that i feel that leaves have a great use in our allotment now the final thing that i always try to do with leaves regardless and that is because they are a great resource for many wildlife. Now, in some cases, we can just leave the leaves where they are, a little bit messy, and bugs will thrive in it. If you've got an untidy corner of your allotment that you can just throw some leaves down, there, there will be full of bugs, which then will go and help feed other animals, such as birds or hedgehogs. Talking of hedgehogs, any leaves that are swept up underneath a hedge or something will also be a great habitat for the hedgehogs. And in fact, when we have hedgehogs living in our garden, we used to see them going and collecting leaves to build their nests. So again, this is a great use for hedgehogs. Now, finally, if you want good soil, you need good worms in your soil. And worms will use these leaves for habitat too. Now, you can leave these, like I said, as a mulch. And the worms will benefit from that. They will actually come up and start to pull some of those leaves down into the soil. This is an experiment we did at school. It also adds that insulating layer for the worms. So it encourages them not to be killed out. Keeps them warm and keeps them protected a little bit better. And, well, it gives them an extra layer to forage around for food. So win, 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 again, in my opinion. So that is the four ways that I'm going to be using leaves a lot in my garden, in my allotment over this next coming year. Let me know if you're going to be using leaves as well in your garden and what you're going to be doing with it. If you want to get in touch, it's richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk for my email. You can visit the website at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can leave a comment or even leave a voicemail. And, of course, you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grab Podcast. I'll be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc., etc. Well, that is it for this week. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care. <laughs> <laughs>